The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We're coming to you live from Studio 21 Cafe here in Salem, New Hampshire, and we're going to talk about how you are what you eat today. Well, I'm a big pizza, is what I am. <laughs> Scott's a big pizza Pizza eater. and ice cream. All right, but first, we're going to start with a quirky tip of the day. Oh, well, hang on a second. If we're gonna That's get, your job. I thought we were going to chat a bit. <coughs> quirky tip of the day. Okay, so I... Since we're going to do a podcast on what, what our dogs eat and um, a raw dog diet, raw food diet, um, I came up with, I didn't come up with this, but what I'm doing is we have a compost pile. We save our egg shells. And so we put a bunch of eggshells in the oven. We dried them out, threw them in the blender, and made a powder. And this is our calcium supplement. When we give just hamburger to a dog, we'll put a... Maybe a quarter teaspoon onto the uh, eggshell hamburger. Yeah, Ham- yeah. And I mean, this is I was so I did a little quick research on this, and um, a half of an eggshell makes up our daily allotment of what we need for calcium. So it's pretty potent. It's like forty percent calcium in an eggshell. So it's not a bad idea if you're giving your dog because uh, that's the one thing that people get concerned about if they're giving balance, their dog balance, hamburger and can, there's rough. no bone in it. Yeah. So there's no calcium in it, and they get all worried about this. Oh, you know, and it's not good to to not be giving your dog any kind of form of calcium. You know? Yeah, no, completely. So we are big feeders of raw. I'd say we've been doing what raw dog food together for what eight years, nine years. Yeah, I've been doing it for maybe 20. a decade. Yeah. Well, we there was a little kibble error in there. Um, yeah. So we went to raw. Actually, I'm sure we've said this before on the podcast to save money because we were feeding. I would say around the time maybe seven or eight dogs, like a high quality kibble, and it was costing us about three hundred dollars a month. When we went to raw, we were able to get that price down to a hundred dollars a month. Our dogs were eating better quality food, and most of the time, it's even human grade. So if you feed kibble, that's totally fine. We're gonna talk about a bunch of things as it pertains to diet here today, but. Any Eastern vet that I have worked with, and most Eastern vets that I know, if you go and see them, the first thing they'll say is maybe get off the kibble, head to home cooked, and switch the dog to raw. And some people are really concerned about raw, like feeding a dog raw meat. Worried about salmonella. That's the biggest concern I have is people say, well, it's what about the salmonella? And um, the dogs, I tell them, dogs eat roadkill. They eat dog poop. They eat everything. And their stomach acid is so strong, it destroys everything that goes in. And... um, as far as the salmonella, as it relates to humans, it's the same as buying chicken at the grocery store. You know, I mean, you got to cook. That's the, you got to clean your counters. You got to just be conscious. Yeah, of the you're fact not going to feed something meat. that smells like it's gone bad. Or well, it's not even it. about it gone bad. It's just if there's raw meat out, you want to clean yeah. surfaces where you've had raw meat, yeah. and you do that with your own food. Yeah, it's the same thing. So one thing about diet that people don't necessarily realize a lot is this is something that's happening with your dog every day, right? I mean, if you live in an apartment, you're probably taking your dog for a walk every day just to go to the bathroom. But there's few things that we do with our dogs every single day. You probably don't go on your special hike every single day, a car ride every single day. There's just certain things that we don't do daily. But 
feeding the dog, we do that every day. And you are what you eat. I mean, this happens with us too. We have to be very conscientious of our own diet. Do we talk about fire feet on the podcast or we don't get um, into that? No, we can. Yeah. I mean, I, I get some, some gout, mild gout, but when it flares up, my feet get red. It's not like crippling where I can't walk, but it's irritating and I prefer not to have it. And animal proteins tend to set it off. So, yeah. so I just, we just don't eat a lot of meat. We just adjust diet accordingly. And you'll see a lot of this sometimes with dogs. And I'm taking dogs. the um, tart, the tart cherry. cherry, yeah, which helps. Yeah. It's a supplement. But Scott is the first one. Like, I mean, even in the short time I've known my husband, Scott is just an extreme personality. When he was going to lose weight, he went on paleo. He lost like 60 pounds on paleo without working out. Then he was having some fallout from all the meat many years ago. He went vegan for a year. Like, this is just who my husband is. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this change. And then there's just no vacillating between two types of things or anything If we didn't work out, I'd just go gay. (laughs) I'd have to go gay for two or three years. I think that's pretty much your only option after (laughs) moving forward, just so you're aware. But literally, you need to be conscientious of what you're putting in your dog's body. And sometimes, you know, we see a lot of allergies right now, right? Like, oh, my gosh, the dog has a chicken allergy. That That is true. That could be true. I'm not saying any of these elimination diets or anything else do not have some validity behind them. However, it would be interesting, you know, going towards a raw perspective. A lot of skin issues have been fixed with raw food. A lot of vets are very concerned about raw diets, but luckily with the internet nowadays, you can do some easy research. A lot of high profile people feed a raw diet and it really is the best thing you can fuel your dog with because it's actually what they would be eating out in the wild, you know? So there's a lot of benefit to it. Yeah, I think, um, I I can't speak for a lot of vets, but I know some that they don't give any thought to the diet at all. It's just feed the dog kibble. Yeah. And not not even a good quality kibble. I yeah. mean, just a crappy kibble, yeah. you know? And, and with that said, Gaia actually, who was here last week, Gaia is on a mix of Victor Sport performance right now and ProPlan, like ProPlan Sport, whatever. I don't know if Taylor can comment. What, but the Purina? Yeah, she's, she's, she's on a mix of that. She honestly is a dog that does a little bit better on kibble. It's easier for me to keep weight on her. It's easier for her metabolic stuff to deal with it. It just depends. So it's not that it's like, oh my gosh, if you feed kibble, stop listening to our podcast. Like we're totally alienating you. No, like she is, I'm responsible for that dog. She is ours. But even her, like if we have leftover crappy kibble, I'm like, throw that out. Like I don't, I'm conscientious of even the type of kibble I give her. So it definitely is going to be what works for each dog. But if you haven't considered raw before, or you're concerned with raw, or if you're seeing a lot of serious health concerns, right? Skin issues come to mind. Allergies come to mind. A lot of um, stomach issues, like where the dog's having like more GI upset. That could be stress, but sometimes it's diet too. What's the harm in trying home cooked for a few weeks? It is more expensive. It is more time consuming. It is everything else. But if it's going well and you can get a system, going to raw, even with just one dog, can be simple, simple, easy peasy. And it's all human source, so you know what's going into your dog's body. Yeah, I think of the long-term possible effects, not so much the short-term itching, but so many dogs now are getting cancer. Yeah. You know, within six, eight years, you know, these dogs are getting all kinds of different cancers. So uh, if giving my dog a, a raw diet or a home-cooked diet uh, may help with that, then I'm f- all for it. I want yeah. my dog to live as long as possible. And the other thing of, I was going to say, yeah. excuse me. Just um, the water intake is a big issue yes, with the kibble. True. So if you have a dog that is on kibble, they're going to be big drinkers of water because that kibble expands in their stomach. It just they makes them thirsty. They want to drink water. And uh, the raw diet is like 40 or 50% water. Yeah. So they just don't drink as much water. Yeah. 
The stools are much firmer. Much smaller. Not stinky. Yeah. There's so many benefits to it. And it really isn't more expensive. No, it isn't. And it can be more affordable depending on how you do it. We used to feed big chunks of raw, right? Like grab a chicken breast. Like Scott's thrown like whole turkeys into like his mouth's kennels before when he lived out in California. Jimmy, his border collie had some issues with digestion one time just from a neck. Um, So that concerned me. He had vomited like four times, like just trying to get up a little bit of a piece of neck and neck is like the easiest bone to digest. I'm not trying to scare people that feed full raw and it's totally fine. And it's, I'm not, it's fine. A lot of people feed full body parts and it goes great. For us, we had this issue with Jimmy. We also have a Pomeranian who obviously is going to need stuff ground. So we bought a grinder. I believe we own the Weston 12. That's what we think we bought. Yeah. It was like a $550 grinder. Yeah. We bought like a five, $600 grinder. So when we do raw, we literally go to where the restaurants buy their food, I buy probably, or Scott, if he's out there doing a class, $400 worth of food or so. And we just grind everything up. We put veggies into it. We put fruit into it, sometimes sweet potatoes, sometimes sardines. And we just have these different mixes. And then we just freeze it in gallon-sized bags. And that's how our dogs eat for months on end. And it works really well for us. It's a pain in the ass on that day when we have to grind it and bag it. But then then we're good for a month. It's just pull a bag out of the freezer, thaw it out for the next day, and that's it. Yeah. And our dogs have done really well on raw. I have been a big proponent of raw for a long time. When I was traveling around doing fairs and theme parks, obviously it's a lot easier to pull out a bag of kibble and just scoop a cup into everybody's bowl. But if you are at home and you have the ability to do this, you know, from a socioeconomic standpoint and from a time aspect and everything else, maybe it's something you could consider with your dog. And we were even talking now, it's so much easier than before because there's so many pre-made raws. Yeah, and I'm not big on the pre-meds, but I... The jury is out on that. I think whenever someone is trying to make money off of something with dogs, yeah. it tends like... The pre-made, like, the pre-made raw, though, may be a little bit higher quality than maybe the kibble you're giving or maybe, maybe the can you're giving maybe. or something else. And if you have... This isn't so much like a Petco, PetSmart kind of employee conversation, but if you have like a mom and pop pet shop in your town... Talk to the owner of that store about your dog's needs, your dog's energy level, your dog's weight, all these things, like maybe something that you see like some deficiency, maybe the skin is flaky, something else, because often they're very well read. Like, yes, they want to go and they want to be selling their products, but they're ordering products and they're very well versed on these different products that they're selling. So feel free to talk to your mom and pops also. Okay, yeah, we're going to go to break uh, super quick because we've got to be ready for our next recorder and then we'll talk right. when we get back. All right. Does your dog lack self-control? Are you looking for some answers? Would you like your dog to be calmer? Does your dog lack confidence? Canine MindShift. Enroll in a free course today. Simply go to caninemindshift.com. That's caninemindshift.com. Okay, we're back. And since Scott cleared his throat, I'm going to give him a taste of carrot cake. Chrissy, our producer, made us good snacks this week. You are what you eat. (laughs) You are what you eat. And Scott's going to be like carrot cake. I was going to say, as far as the grinding goes, uh, the general rule of thumb is puppies and senior dogs, you want to grind it up for them to help with their digestive system so they don't choke and don't have a problem with it. And if you don't have a grinder, I mean, a grinder is a real luxury. You know, we've done it without grinders for years. And you can just take a hammer. And, uh, you know, put a chicken breast or, you know, something with yeah, bones. Yeah, just get the big And just hammer it and smash up all the bones and, and just give them that. And they crunch them right up and swallow them. Yeah. No problem. And that is a good point because especially as dogs age, if their teeth are getting a little bit sore, like crunching through those bones could be an issue. 
But this is just something that is often overlooked because we just get into this cycle of like, oh, we're at Costco, I'll pick up a bag of Kirkland. Oh, I'm, you know, grocery shopping, I'll pick up the dog's bag of food. And if the kibble's working or if Chewy's is on auto ship and it's working for you, that is great. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That is our first go-to all the time. I personally like not having to carry big bags of kibble up and down and in and out all the time because we have a lot of dogs to feed. As Scott said, the stools are a lot easier. It's a lot more manageable. And then even like the types of foods you're feeding, the more you get into this, like the more interesting it is. So like a cooler food, like if we're just looking at like maybe fruits and vegetables, cooler food. This is a Chinese medicine. Yeah, a food therapy chart. A cooler food would be like blueberries or broccoli or cucumber. If it's winter and, you know, your dog is, you know, really chilly in the winter, and bundled up, especially if like you have a whippet or something, warmer foods like apricots, sweet potatoes, everything else, squash, pumpkin, all of these things matter. And of course, dogs cannot eat everything that humans eat, but they can eat a lot more than you may realize. And the more that we're nutritionally like introducing to our dogs and giving our dogs and everything else, and it's not so much about the crazy proteins, right? Like it's not like we're ordering ostrich or antelope or something and grinding those up for the dogs. And frankly, Dogs were regional, or wolves were regional, if you believe in that school of thought of how dogs came to be dogs from wolves. Wolves were regional species. So they weren't eating ostriches and buffalo and all this stuff. Like, they don't need all these very, like, unique proteins. So we keep a pretty core base of chicken, duck, turkey, beef with some fruits and vegetables. Sometimes I'll throw yogurt in for a probiotic. I like to do a cleanse once a month. I do ground up almonds, which I believe gives me the vitamin E. I do cataplex C from standard process. And then I have these greens that I get from my Eastern vet. All of our dogs get that for a full week once a month. It's just a cleanse I do to just kind of flush out their systems. Similar to like if Scott and I were to fast. Scott and I were big into fasting. Um, We haven't done a long fast in a bit, but we used to do that pretty regularly. Once a month, we'd do a three-day fast. Yeah, I'm I'm due. I'm due for a a three to five day. I, know that. I said to him, "Where actually, ironically, this is a side note, but we were going to go to the bar the other night. Like, we don't go to the bar. Scott doesn't drink. So there's a cigar bar nearby. So we were going to go out. And it's great because Scott can have a cigar. I can have a drink. Like, it's fun. We never go to the bar. And I'm like, put some jeans on so we can go And he goes, I can't wear my jeans right now. So maybe we should fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Um, Something about raw diet. Yeah. No, I know. Oh, you know what I was going to say? When I first started this, I first bought two of... Ian Billinghurst yeah. books, the and I did all this research on raw diet, and I was buying dehydrated seaweed. I was buying all kinds of powders and trying to create this balanced raw diet because it was new to me. I didn't want my dog to be lacking in something, you know. And um, as time went by, it just gets simpler and simpler. And the dogs are getting a variety. We do throw in some veggies and some fruit, but. It doesn't have to be that complicated. It really doesn't. My dogs didn't suffer when I stopped giving them dehydrated seaweed. Yeah, and just do, do some research. There's a lot of people out there talking on this topic. Dr. Karen Becker does a ton for dogs and diet. She has a huge following. I think she has like 2 million people on Facebook. Like She has a huge resource out there where you can go and learn about different fruits and different vegetables and different additives and everything else. And if you're like, oh my God, I can't do one more thing. You know, it's like the parents that have the kids and they want to do home cooked meals. Like, I get it. Like, it's not an easy like undertaking and the people 
people that we personally know that do it, the nannies normally are the ones making the kids meals because it's hard to add one more thing. So if you're like listening to this and it's just like, ah, no, I can't have one more thing, no more stress. You can just do small portions too, right? Like you could do some kibble, some raw. And a lot of people are anti that, but there could be some benefit nutritionally. And you may see it in the dog's physique or the dog's energy level or the dog's weight or anything else. And of course, we all want our dogs to be here as long as possible. I think that's the goal that we get as a baseline once we get a dog. Like we have a dog and we just want to be able to love it and enjoy it for as long as we possibly can. So if we can enhance the dog's life or extend their life through diet, why not look into that? Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, obesity in dogs is is pretty huge in this country right now, probably in in all of the first world countries. So people are overfeeding their dogs constantly, but they're overfeeding them a bunch of crap. Yeah. So you have these big blimp dogs that are full of not good food. Yeah. So why not, you know, you could cut the food in half, but give a higher quality. You know, I mean, it's not the, I know the act of giving the dog food makes everyone feel good. Yeah. Why not uh, give them something really good? No, it is true. That is true. The obesity epidemic for canines just in general, it is kind of sad. And if you guys are inspired by hearing this and you're thinking like, yeah, like we are going to make a change. This will be great. Please do not be feeding Royal Canaan today and then go buy a bag of a canna and then put a whole scoop of a canna in tomorrow. Like if you're going to change diet in any way, shape or form, make sure you're doing it gradually. So often people will say to Scott before we take a dog, oh, I'm going to switch his diet. And he's like, please do it once the dog goes home or, you know, give us both bags so we can do it gradually. We we got enough to deal with. And it's not, it's not the type of thing that you want to do a hard switch. You want to be gradual. Even Give it if a couple weeks. You're going to be going to raw. Like you do home cooked. I did home cooked a lot in college. And honestly, I wasn't eating meat at the time by then. I think that was probably about 15 years ago I was doing home cooked. And it was harder for me to like gut a turkey carcass than it is for me to just grind up raw parts. That's just me personally. And if you're a vegan and you're listening to this or you're hearing this and I'm making you gag, I'm sorry. I get it. I see where you're coming from. But home cooked for me was worse. Like it was harder for me to be, because then if you have a cooked bone, you don't want the dog to ingest a cooked bone, right? But the raw bones, they're a lot safer. So do what works for you. And we're not guilting anybody into anything, but even your treats, Scott makes such a good point with this obesity. Even what you're giving your dog throughout the day, these treats, it matters. If the only thing your dog licks out of your bowl is a little bit of ice cream, See if they'll have some yogurt sometime without xylitol, do your research, everything else. See if they'll eat a little bit healthier, you know, because a lot of dogs, they don't care what they eat. They just like the act of getting a cookie and you like giving it and it works out for everybody. Yeah. I conditioned my dog inadvertently to eat whatever I gave him because I gave him a lot of <laughs> snacks and he would eat like grapefruit. Yeah, he gave him a, gra- gave him a little piece of, of grapefruit one he'd, day. He'd eat it, make a face, <laughs> swallow it down. What Scott's else you like, got? Jimmy, isn't it good? And he's like, I don't really think so, dad. I'm not really sure. But be be conscientious of diet. And I... I'm hoping, you know, with this generation that we're raising and everything else, people are being a little bit more conscientious of what the kids are eating. I don't know if that's happening or not, but it matters, you guys. Like, what we put into our bodies fuels us as humans. And if, you know, Scott was a roofer in California, you used to drive through the drive-thru for years, right? I ate a lot of junk. I lived on junk food, yeah. Yeah. And I was fat and gross and stressed. Low energy, yeah. So it it matters like, and it's not, it's not even so much about what you look like. It's just about how you feel, what affects you, everything else. We're the first people to reach for apple cider vinegar. If you know, we got something going on, especially like with the mother, we like the Braggs one. I give that kind of stuff to the dogs too. It's good to keep fat away from their heart, you know? So if you start researching this and peeling back some layers, and again, your traditional vet may be like, oh my God, breaks, like this isn't okay. Do some research on your own. Think things through for yourself. And the Eastern vet thing, we 
mention it a lot, but a lot of Eastern vets are very pro moving towards more of a home cooked or a raw, at least a food we can source. Because how often do we get these freaking dog food recalls? And it's devastating, right? Like we just bought our dog the same food they've been eating for eight years. We just want them to be healthy and happy. And now all of a sudden there's a recall and, and maybe their life's in danger. Yeah, kidney failure or yeah, something. Yeah, something crazy. I will say I did have one dog years ago that didn't do well on raw. I had him on uh, Pro Plan. Yeah. He did great. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody, you know, that I was training with guilted me into, oh, you can't be giving him that crap. And so I put him on a raw diet and he was on a raw diet for probably four to six months and he just couldn't keep any weight on. He looked like crap yeah, on a raw it, diet it really and I was depends. giving him a ton of food. So I just went back to the pro plan and he did great. And yeah. I just kept him on that. And sometimes it does depend on the nerve of the dog too. Like some dogs, GI systems just cannot support a raw diet. Um, and for super skinny dogs, because I know that is a thing, especially within working dogs, they have like satin balls that they make for um, confirmation. You can look it up. It's like these balls. I've done that before. It's Frankly, but worse, it's not, it's a bunch of molasses. It's all kinds of crap mixed in. Mm. I have done that before. It's a, you like can a high cal ball. Look up, yeah, you can look up the recipe. The thing that's worked best for us, honestly, is for dogs that we cannot keep weight on with um, raw is turkey tail and chicken backs and the combo of that. But there's a ton of fat in with that, right? sweet potato. Yeah, but there's a ton of fat in that. So I'm not giving that every night. But a few times a week, like I give that three days a week and I've always been able to put weight on dogs. We don't have any really super young active dogs right now, so I'm not having that issue. But ask around, like even just post on your Facebook page. If you're friends with people in the dog world, a lot of people know about raw ask some questions, bring things up. And especially if you're having chronic health issues or you're just having like an energy shift or a skin change or flakiness, like those omega-3s, you give some sardines. There's a lot of good that you can provide if you do your research and you just put in a little extra effort. Yeah. It hasn't been bad for traveling either. I can remember going to some trials and traveling across the country and thinking about all this raw diet and all that. And, um, when I'd get to where I was, I'd just go into a grocery store yeah, and just buy food. grab a big discounted package of chicken, yeah. give my dog a few, uh, you know, half a chicken or something, yeah. and he's great. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. So we're not trying to guilt trip you guys in anything. If you're doing kibble and it works, great. If you're thinking about switching it up and you don't know where to go, do your research. Home cooked or raw will be a little bit healthier for the dogs. But let's give the dogs the best thing we can give them every single day of their lives because that is one thing outside of drinking water and going to the bathroom that they should be doing daily. And if you're constantly having to supplement and add to the food and more can and everything else, sometimes when you put freaking meat in front of a dog, they're like, sign me up. I'll ready to go. You don't need to cater to me anymore. They're very excited about that. I think you could save money in the long term. When you talk about the long term yeah. health of the dog, uh, putting them, keeping them lean and on a real high nutrition diet that's not just the same kibble day in, day out, I think they'll have less problems as they get older. Yeah. And you may save money just in the short term as well, if you're bargain buying and doing it smart. I mean, when we switched, it was right after Thanksgiving, we got a bunch of discount turkeys. We had like eight turkeys in the freezer and we started that way. You can look at chicken prices. When we go to the food marts where the restaurants buy, I get chicken necks for 39 cents a pound. That's pretty good price for food. I mean, you can't get kibble for that cheap, you know, these days. So just think about what you're doing. Be conscientious of it. We're starting a new year. 2022 is going to be a great year for everybody. And why not Um, kick it off with something that's going to really benefit the dogs? Not to interrupt, but before we conclude, I just want to say one thing that we've uh, really have to be careful about is when you are keeping stuff frozen, you want to be, make sure that the stuff is thought out. Yes, that's a good point. Because we had um, Bam, our little uh, rescue, 
who inhales her food and it was like partially frozen a little bit and she got this chunk in her throat and she almost she almost yeah, died. It was the night of his her. parents' 56th wedding anniversary. Oh we were goodness. feeding about 1030 at night <clears> and <throat> Scott found her on the stairs and I had her, her upside life. down over the sink and stuck my hand yeah. down her throat and got her back to life. Yeah, this is going to be a PTSD yeah, trigger I wasn't for ready Scott. to let her go yet. <laughs> And we make very sure that that yeah, stuff is thought that out is before a very they good get point. it. That is a very good point, especially if you're grinding because then it's just a whole clump and you don't want that to get stuck in their tracheas. All right, guys, next week we are going to have the Super Collies back on. We had her on last year. She's had a lot of life changes and she's got a lot of exciting stuff coming up. In the meantime, enjoy your week and keep it quirky. There you go. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.